Second reading comes from the Gospel of Mark in the fourth chapter. And the whole of the fourth chapter of Mark is basically a grouping of different parables that Jesus shares in different places. Mark has grouped them together. And I will admit, when I read this portion of Mark, or at least when I read it this past week, the part we're about to read, I, I assume something is going on, which is probably not true. But what I assume, the image I have in my head, is that Jesus is standing amongst a bunch of old curmudgeons, you know, with that just can't be, have, they don't have a playful bone in their body, and they're, they're looking at him all stern and, you know, that kind of group. And he stands there in the midst of them and says, The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day and the seed will sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes out with his sickle because the harvest has come. He also said, with what can you compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable will we use for it? It's like a mustard seed which when sown upon the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth, yet when, it, yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, Jesus spoke the word to the old curmudgeons as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. The word of the Lord. Join me in a prayer. To be playful. To be playful, O God. Do we even know how to do it when it comes to our faith? Do we know how to be playful without worrying of becoming irreverent? Do we know how to be playful without being so serious all the time? Show us how to do it. Be playful with us. Speak to us. Amen. He did not speak to them except in parables. Why is that? Why parables? I mean, why not just explain the kingdom of God? Why not just say, well, the kingdom of God is going to come, and it's going to come in three phases. 
And each phase has a percentage of success or failure depending upon the conditions that are present at the time and certain conditions must exist and we can chart this out and I will sit down with you and we'll map the whole thing out to where you have no questions. That Why didn't he just do that? Why tell a story? Why leave it so open-ended like he does? Why? The answer Jesus is being playful. He's being playful. That's why. In these few weeks together, we're talking about a playful faith and what that might look like. We're challenging that side of ourselves that we don't often challenge. We often think of faith as a responsibility, a reliance that is deep and strong and true. It is, but there is also that lighter side of faith, that playful side that we want to look at for a time. If you want to grow as a Christian, one of the things you might do is do something that's out of your comfort zone. So that's what we're trying to do. Become a little more playful and look at that side of ourselves as we do it. We're walking through six practices that seminary professor uh, Jaco Hammond has suggested to help us or to help awaken the playfulness in each of us as he puts it. The practices are the practice of realness, creativity, slowness, boundlessness, hospitality, and, trans and transcendence. We talked about realness last week, talking about creativity today. So when you hear someone talk about being creative, when they talk about them being creative, the thing you probably think of is art. You probably think of painting a picture or you know, making pottery or even worse, doing crafts. <laughs> you know, and some are, you know, the ones that aren't laughing are really bothered by that because they don't understand that you love crafts. Why don't, some of you don't love crafts at all. That's your version of hell, is eternal brood in the <laughs> doing crafts. And so we, we go there, right? We think artsy stuff, and, and some of us are not artsy. And so we say, well, then creativity's not for me. That's not me. I'm just, I'm not... Which is not true. Not true. Creativity is so much larger than that. For example, if you have ever thought of a new way of doing something that you've been doing the same way forever and a day, that's being creative. If you have ever tried to pray in a way that you've never prayed before, even if for a moment, or to talk about God in a way that you've never talked about God before, that's being created. If you've ever been in those moments, which none of you have, I know, but if you've ever been in those moments, you know someone who's wanted to criticize someone else or something. If you wanted to criticize and instead you did something a little more playful, you're being creative. If you've wanted to leave a conflicted conversation, that same old argument that hashes out politics or something that is just conflicted and you want to leave it, and instead you try to find new words to stay engaged, you are being Creative. And I think that is the kind of creativity that Jesus is embodying when he tries to talk to us in a different way. Tells us a parable. Instead of getting defensive when someone asks him a pointed question to try to 
proves something he said wrong, he gets playful instead. Instead of feeling cornered, we see a Christ who becomes creative in the way that he responds to that same old argument. Instead of entering an argument about the kingdom of God that proves this point, and I just found this bit of information that should prove you wrong, he tells a story. He gets playful, creative. Creativity is something that each of us has been given the ability to do, but it takes Practice. You have to be intentional about it. As Hammond puts it, to be creative, you have to become curious about your inner life. You ever been really curious about your inner life? Some people aren't. Some people never are. Some people go their whole life without ever becoming curious about their inner life, their spiritual life. What about you? Sometimes I think we'd just rather spend time on other things than dealing with our stuff because it takes creativity. Hammond uses an example of that. He says, I once was invited to go talk to a church about this stuff that I've been writing, this playfulness gobbledygook or whatever you want to call it. And they said, they asked me, they said, what's going to be the title of your talk? And so I said, well, let's title it Living Life in a Third World. And so that's what I told them. And I went there, and when I got to the building, got inside the building, they had decorated it with a bunch of African stuff. (laughs) Lions and elephants and you know, grass huts, and clearly they thought I was going to talk about, you know, South Africa or something, or third world, right? And so I got up and I said, well, I'm not going to talk about Africa. So we got a little chuckle out of all that. Instead, I'm going to talk about how living creatively invites us into a third world beyond the other two worlds we typically live in, which are the objective and the subjective worlds. Creative world, third world. And we laughed, and, but, I, but I learned something in that experience. He says, what I learned is, and was reminded of, is that we would much rather talk about someone else's problems out here, way over there, somewhere far away, than we would deal with our own inner life. We'd rather do that. And isn't that true? We'd so much rather just talk about someone else's problems, someone else's stuff going on out here, you know, and than to talk about our own stuff, than to to become curious about our own stuff. Because to become curious about our own stuff means we have to get real, we have to get creative. And that scares us. It scares us because we do that, something might change. So we'd rather just leave well enough alone. I think that's why we respond to Jesus' parables in the typical way that we do. You know how we typically respond when we hear a parable, right? You get what we do? You know what we do? We try to explain it. We try to explain everything. We, we pull out our academic tweezers and we 
pick it apart. We learn every little detail that we can in order to maybe find that kernel of truth that will solve the whole thing and then I won't have to change anything about myself. Explain it away. The thing is though, I don't don't think Jesus wants us to do that. I mean, good scholarship, don't get me wrong, is good. We learn things from good scholarship, but that's not our primary response when we hear a parable from Jesus. I think when he tells a parable, his hope is that instead of pulling out our tweezers and picking it apart and dissecting it to all end, we instead simply sit still and let it speak to us. Let the story speak to us. Let it find its way down into the corners of our soul. See what happens next. To listen to what's going on in ourselves when we hear that story. Because if we can do that, if we can let the story speak to us, we might just be able to learn to let God speak to us. Let the story speak. Listening like that involves being creative. Take the kingdom of God, for example. Big time deal, kingdom of God. It's the kingdom of God. This is big, big stuff. Serious stuff, the kingdom of God. And yet, Jesus seems so playful about it. He compares it to a seed. The kingdom of God, he says, it's like a, when someone tosses seed on the ground and they sleep at night and get up in the day and sleep at night and then they, and it's, it's sprouted and grown. He knows not how. That's what he says in the parable. And what do we do probably when we hear a parable like that? Well, we know how that happens. Well, you must have. We certainly know. They didn't know all about that back then. But we've since learned. We've become enlightened, you see. And we know that hey, everyone knows that you need good soil and good amount of water and sunlight. And, and once you have all those conditions that are appropriate, then there's a molecular change that happens. There's an interaction. And, and, it, and it becomes, and we get right down to the molecular. And we've seen it in microscopic you know, views of this is going on. And, and we just explain it off. Explain it away. It's like a mustard seed, Jesus says. You say, well, we know how that works. And we take our imagination when we put it on the put it to the side as we try to explain it all. But if you take a seed, if you take this seed this acorn seed, you put it in front of a kid, if you put it down in front of a child, and you look at them and you say, tell me about that seed. Sky is the limit. They might look at it and say something like, I think there's a dinosaur in there. A really big And he wants to come out and play. 
Or they might say, there's a whole nother planet in there with a bajillion people living on it. But they don't walk on their feet. They walk on their hands. And they talk backwards. It's a backwards planet in there. Put this seed in front of a child and the possibilities are endless. That's what Jesus is trying to get across when he tells parables. He's trying to open doors, not close them. He doesn't want us to immediately pull out our academic tweezers, although that's a good pursuit when the time comes. He wants us to sit still and let that story seep down deep into our soul and and become something in us, to sprout something in us. He wants us to look at life in the same way that a little kid looks at a seed when they find it on the ground and the endless possibilities come about. He wants us to look and open ourselves to a God who is all about endless possibilities, a God who brings new life into every single situation and conversation we are ever part of if we're open to it. He's wanting us to, to get playful. What if the next conversation you are part of, the very next conversation you enter, instead of instead of getting all distressed about a potential argument, what if you became curious? Instead of entering those same old political arguments, whether it's online or wherever it goes, we all know how they go. Everyone presents their side and nothing changes. All we do is get upset and we want to walk away. We want to remove ourselves. What if instead you became playful? You started to think of a new way of entering that conversation. What if you became insatiably curious about the other person you are talking to? To what would happen if you became, became creative like that? What might change? Maybe nothing. Maybe everything. This is a seed. It's just a seed. It represents the next conversation you're part of. Now you can leave it the way it is. It's just a seed, nothing more. You don't have to want to risk changing a thing. You can let those arguments and conversations and relationships play out like you know they will. Or you can become curious about it. You you can become insatiably curious about the person you're talking to. Curious about the God of possibility. Curious about this conversation. So much so that you do it differently. So much so that you can't wait to see what happens next. Your choice 